Hello everyone, I'm Brad. And I'm Denise. And welcome to the first episode of World's Shocking Stories. So we wanted to add a second weekly podcast dedicated to different types of cases. There may be disappearances, strange history, the unexplained, or even UFOs. <laughs> so we're still going to be doing our main episodes about the most heinous criminals, but we just wanted to add a little bit more variety. You wanted to add more to your plate. Yeah. So these ones will be released every Thursday morning. Definitely more on your plate. Yeah. Because now we have Monday and Thursday releases. Yep. So with this change, Denise will be reading the main episode on Monday, and I'm going to be reading these cases for Thursday. And as for the sticker giveaway, we will be saying the word on this episode as well as uh, Denise's case. Right, so they have two chances to hear the secret word. Yeah, so if you don't want to hear Denise's voice what the heck, and just dude? listen to mine, join me on Thursdays. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow, you're starting early with your shots, aren't you? <laughs> Man, you're mean. Okay, but funny. So our first case, we decide to keep it local, just like our first episode of Cody Legibokov on our main episode. We're going to be tackling the mysterious disappearance of Madison Scott in Vanderhoof, British Columbia, which is just over an hour drive from our hometown in Prince George. There are many theories to what happened that night, but in the end, she is still missing with no trace. We'll be going over everything we know and what we think happened and trying to shed more light on where she is because someone out there knows something and we want to know as well. So does everyone else. Yeah, this is a very tricky case because there's so much going on and she's never been found. And it's been years. I think every like second vehicle you see on the road has one of those stickers in the back. Yeah, of find their Maddie tr- sticker. Yeah, find Maddie in the back of their vehicles. Yeah, I drive through Vanderhoof all the time for my job and there's still billboards up all mm-hmm. over the place. Like it's, it's and also too, like there's so much like surrounding this that it's yeah, nobody knows what happened. Nobody knows anything. And how can no one know anything? But obviously somebody knows, yes. but they're not saying anything. So hopefully that... Uh, Man up or woman up and come forward. Yeah, exactly. So Madison Geraldine Scott, or Maddie, was born on April 29th, 1991 in Vanderhoof, British Columbia, to Eldon and Don Scott. So Madison had two siblings, Ben, her older brother, and Georgia, her younger sister. So Madison was the middle child. I can relate. My my daughter's the middle child. Yeah, she is. Mm-hmm. So standing at five foot four with green eyes and natural red hair and numerous ear piercings with her nose pierced as well, nothing seems out of the ordinary for her. Inside her left wrist, she recently got a tattoo of a bird, which was to represent a falcon. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Her hobbies included dirt biking, horseback riding, team sports, and figure skating. That's pretty much the normal here in Northern Canada. So she was pretty active then. Oh, yeah, for sure. People don't know. I don't know anything about, like, I know a bit about this case, but I don't know in depth. So I'm learning as you're reading this. Yeah, like everybody has heard of the case, but nobody really goes deep into the case. No, I just know of it, but I have not researched it. So I'm learning as your listeners are hearing it. Yeah. So Madison worked with her father, at MBG Logging as a heavy-duty mechanic. And that's a tough gig as a truck driver myself. Mm -hmm. That's very hard work. So props for her for being able to do that. Oh, God, yeah. At a young age, doing a heavy-duty mechanic in northern BC. Jeez. She was a tough girl. Yep. 
So many people have described Madison as a fun-loving person who lived with a spur-of-the-moment mentality. When you're young, with a lot of friends, you always seem to do like what's more fun and sometimes break off engagements with other friends just to do something that would feel like you would have a better time. So she was spontaneous. Very spontaneous. So she would sometimes break off yeah. one She She event. didn't have like um, a concrete um, guideline of what she was going to do in the day. She just kind of like whatever yeah, happened. Yeah, like whatever happened, happened, right? Yeah. So Madison was very caring and would give you the shirt off her back for anybody who asked. That's probably why she had so many friends, because she seemed extremely down to earth with a great attitude. Being 20 years old at the time, she had obvious interest in boys, but nothing really serious. Like most of us at that age, we kept our options open. <laughs> yeah. She had crushes, and some of the boys had crushes on her. Well, she sounds like an amazing girl, right? Yeah. So her friend, Jordy Bulldog, was uh, with her the night she disappeared. They met in 2007 at the Nechaco Valley Secondary School. And by the time they both graduated in 2009, they had become very good friends. And she would play a pivotal role in this case as being the, one of the last to see her alive. Okay, I knew there was some sort of girl that seen her last, yeah. her friend. I knew that part. So now we all know who Madison is now, like the type of person she is. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to get into the events of Friday, May 27th and early morning of Saturday, May 28th, 2011. And we're also going to get into movie time really early this time because... My cases, movie times are always going to be a little bit early, I think. Beetlejuice. 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 It's showtime. I always get so nervous. Yeah, this one's not very hard. Yeah, whenever you say that. Okay. That's all I have. Okay, so this is a franchise. Okay. It's one of the biggest franchises by Disney. Avengers? Nope. Um, uh, Pirates of Caribbean? Yes, which one? Uh, um, at World's End? Nope. <sighs> It's one with... Uh, I got a jar, jar, that one? Uh, I think that's the one, actually. Um, ah. It's the one with Penelope Cruz in it. Oh, that one didn't have jar, dirt. I don't think. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> they all like kind of blended for me. Uh, time. No? Uh, uh, time? Yeah. How, it... how about On Stranger Tides? Tides. <laughs> For some reason, I'm stuck on time. <laughs> tides, yes. Yeah, no, parts of the Caribbean, okay. not Stranger Tides. I shouldn't know that. Well, we just watched the whole series. series yeah, they all kind of blended to me. Yeah, we just, oh my God. I, can, I, I cannot tell one you. One after another. The only one I could tell apart is the first one because I've watched that so many times when it first came out. Mm -hmm. But after that, they all just kind of like mesh into one. Yeah, and you know what? Sorry, but if Johnny Depp's not in there anymore, I'm not watching anymore. Yeah, that, that's we'll see what happens. That's my rant. I'm done. Nope, Johnny Depp made it. So Disney, pay up your three hundred million and three hundred million alpacas. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to get into the events of Friday, May twenty seventh, and the Saturday, May twenty eighth, two thousand eleven. So on the Friday, she drove her white nineteen ninety Ford F one fifty pickup truck with her friend Jordy Bulldog. 
The two made their way up to Hogsback Lake. It's about 25 kilometers south of Vatterhoof for a birthday party. Never even That's, heard that. It's still closer to us. It's off the uh, Blackwater Road, I believe. Oh, okay. Was that the place that we thought about going camping? We were, and we were like, camp there, just yeah. like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so realizing that she brought the wrong tent and no tent poles, she drove back to her home to get a larger tent and poles. At home, she talked to her mother, Dawn, and not realizing it at the time, it was the last time Dawn would ever see her again. Oh, that's sad. So now back at the party, which was advertised by a Facebook event, so it had a good number of people there. Mm-hmm. So I heard there was about 50, which is bush pretty party. good for a good bush party. I mean, good that's bush, pretty good. Yeah, good bush party. Up in northern BC, we have our, we are known for our bush parties. Yeah, I love bush parties. Yeah, you got a big fire going. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So during the party, Madison spent most of her time in the tent. The, her cell phone records said she was texting her father about 11.30 p.m. on the Friday night. And I also saw in some places that she was also texting her mother about a song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's something I would do. Not my mom, but I'd probably text my kids. Yeah. The last activity was at 12.30 a.m. on the Saturday morning. And it was an incoming call from what Don quoted, a guy we know. Oh. After this, there was no record of any more phone activity. And uh, from what I found, there's no information about that call either. The police should have something. They do, but they're not releasing it, I think. That's bullshit. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so Canadian. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. So <laughs> around midnight, a fight broke out and uh, her friend Jordy, who was drunk, was injured in the kerfuckle. <laughs> kerfuckle. I, was, I have not heard that name, like that word in forever. Kerfuckle. I had to add that in there. Yeah. Kerfuckle. So she decided it was time to leave with her new boyfriend and Jordy asked Madison to leave with her, but Madison was already in her sleeping bag and she did not want to get out. So she declined the offer. Tyler, who was Jordy's new boyfriend, carried Jordy to his truck and they left. The next morning, Jordy went back to the campsite about 8.30 a.m. I did see somewhere that was like we're around 10.32, but I think I think it was 8.30. So she went back to retrieve some work clothes and her sleeping bag before she went to work. So when she arrived, she found Madison's tent unzipped with her sleeping bag and personal items moved to the side. And uh, she said she did not see Madison and didn't report it to anybody. And to me, that seems a bit weird that with her friend missing, she didn't do anything more. Yeah, she was left at a bush party, right? And they're all drinking. She went to sleep. And then the next morning, she's just gone, but things are moved around. Yeah, but and you know, I would question it. Oh, well, definitely question. I'd be like, ask everybody waking people up, like saying, "Where's Maddie?" You know, yeah, because that to me, because you know, she you left her in a tent, right? So when Maddie didn't come home, the Scots tried to call her, but it went right to her voicemail. At this point, they're not worried since the cell service was spotty at the lake, and we were just camping. Obviously, like if you guys know from our Instagram. Our self-service was super spotty. Oh, God, it sucked. Now a day has passed and no signs of Madison. The person who hosted this party reported seeing Madison's tent while he was cleaning up and said it was zipped up. What? And Yeah. And he didn't do anything more because he thought somebody was sleeping inside. It was So I think Jordy zipped it up when she left. Oh, maybe. That's kind of like what I got from that. Keep mosquitoes out. Yeah, that's thinking what I'm thinking. That she's- you know, out and about or something. Or maybe she like, you know, she could have hooked up with a guy, but in his tent. And there's so many situations that she could have thought. Well, see, if I would have seen my friend's tent unzipped and things pushed aside, 
I would be asking where she is, and but I would zip it back up because freaking mosquitoes are terrible up here. There are jumbo jets around here. Now we're going to go to the evening of the 28th, the Saturday. The second party broke out at Hogs Bag Lake. That's usually what happens too. Like when we had my wet grad in high school on the Friday, we'd had a second wet grad on the Saturday too. Oh, nice. Yeah. This was over twice the size of the Friday night party. So there was about 100 people this time. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was pretty big, they said. It was a rager. Mm, okay. Madison's little sister, Georgia, attended this party, but she didn't see Madison there and didn't report this either because at the party, she was underage and did not want to get in trouble. Well, yeah. If your parents are looking for your sister. Well, they aren't looking yet. Oh, they're not looking no, yet? No, they haven't done anything oh, yet because this was a couple days. cell service was spotting oh, right, right? Okay. Yeah, so she was underage and did not want to, like, you know, tell anybody because she's at a party, right? Right. She doesn't get in trouble. Right. I get that. So with this party, with many more people, I'm sure things got out of hand. Madison's tent was now flattened at this point. And the person responsible for that was questioned, but nothing more came from it. Flattened? Yeah, it was just on the ground. I think the tent was on the ground. The poles were probably just pulled up, right? Yeah, but she still had some stuff inside. Yeah, there's still all her stuff around the tent too, I believe. That's quite the party. You'd think that people just start moving in it. Well, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I do know that some parties do get out of hand and yeah, there's of nobody course. in the tent. They're just going to like, you know, take it down. Yeah. So now we're going to fast forward to Sunday, the 29th. Eldon and Don Scott were worried about Madison and knew that uh, she's a young woman who could look out for herself, but were worried because it was two days since their last contact with her. So they decided to drive to Hogsback Lake. That's what I would do. Oh, I would do the I'd same thing terrified. too. It's not that far. It's like you know, 20, 25 minutes yeah. away. They found her collapsed tent and her locked pickup truck, but no Madison. They asked a friend nearby whether they saw Madison, but unfortunately, they didn't. So just after noon, Dawn called the RCMP, and for and people who don't know, it's the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. And then they reported her missing. So this is two days later. Yeah, this is the Sunday now. Okay. The items the police found around the truck was a two-person dual-toned blue tent, sleeping bags, toiletries, costume jewelry, and the open back of the truck, police found a hatchet, a cooler with wine and beer, a gas can with some gasoline, and motorbike boots. Motorbike boots? Yeah. That's well, she liked motorbiking. Yeah, okay. I do believe that she paid a pretty good price for those ones. They're a nice brand. Excuse me, but how is there still wine and beer there? There was a bush party. Yeah, just <laughs> nobody just checked the back of her truck, yeah. I guess. I don't know how people missed that. Yeah, so once they got inside her locked truck, they found clothes, her purse, and an expensive camera. Okay, those are all things that she wouldn't just leave behind. No, no, that that camera, those boots, those are mm-hmm. expensive items. So now what was missing was the clothes she was wearing, an iPhone 4 with a blue case and a large cluster of keys on a lanyard. Very suspicious at this point. Yeah, like her that keys are gone. Yeah, something happened to her. So it's almost like she got up on her own free will. Like they, we'll get into that a little bit later, but yeah, because like those are the things you take when you're, you know, if you're going somewhere, right? Right. But usually you take your purse. But then you are in the bushes. Yeah. But still, like I would always take my purse, no matter where I'm going. You just never know. Yeah, exactly. I would be the bank card. I take my wallet almost everywhere. Yeah. Now with the investigation starting into her disappearance. Police interviewed all the party goers of the Friday party and reported saying that they believe that no one there is responsible for her disappearance. 
Hmm. So they questioned everybody, and they, and they believe that everybody's all clean. Did they actually question all 50 That's people? That's what I heard. Yep. This is a, this was pretty big. Like They put a large amount of effort to try to find her. Hmm. Most of the people who attended the Saturday party were given polygraph tests and oh. all passed, and all were cooperative. Okay. Wow. Madison's friend, Jordy, is reported to have taken numerous polygraph tests. On one occasion, she said to another person that she aced it. That's a weird comment. That is a very weird comment to say. Obviously, they think something's up because they're taking her polygraph test numerous times. But to say, I aced it, it's like, yes, I didn't get caught I, for something. I got away with something. Yeah. yeah. I would never say something like that. I'd be like, yeah, of course, they're not going to find anything on me because I didn't do anything. I wouldn't say I aced it. No, I'd, I'd be more worried about where Madison was than worried about passing yeah, the, like, like the polygraph test. Your, your best friend is gone and you think... Yeah, I aced it. Yeah. That's, I found that a little bit. We'll get into that a little bit later. Okay. So, as far. I don't like the story girl so far. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, as we all know, that polygraph tests are not admissible in court. No. Maybe these young people didn't know that. So, most likely, the police were trying to apply pressure to force out a confession. The police collected evidence at the scene. They also collected the items that Jordy picked up on Saturday morning as well. Jordy had already washed her pillowcase, but not her sleeping bag, and there was blood found inside of it. Oh. But this also led to another dead end. Since it was revealed that the blood was Jordy's from an old ankle injury from a school trip years earlier. So this was just dried up blood from years and, ago? Yeah, it was. So it was another dead end. They, they thought they had something. Does she not wash her sleeping bag? <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> That's gross. Well. I mean, you dry clean it. Like honestly, it I don't remember the last time I washed a sleeping bag. Well, good thing that you have none anymore. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so the Scots also hired a private investigator to look into Jordy, and uh, they wanted to do their own interview because things were not adding up. But again, it hit another dead end. Hmm. The RCMP stated that no one held a grudge against her, and there was no sign of a struggle. And they do believe that foul play was involved. Of course. There was a massive search effort looking for Maddie around Hogsback Lake, including the lake itself, creeks, fields, swamps, and the surrounding forest. They searched by foot, quad, horseback, helicopter, infrared divers, cadaver dogs, boat, car, and truck, with groups walking hand-in-hand in in extensive lines. Oh, yeah, when they do the, um, like, they're raking the area almost. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, she's nowhere near there, and somebody took her somewhere else. So we'll get to that right now. Oh. So the helicopter was using infrared in the early morning hours, and the divers scanned every part of the lake. The little fact about this little lake is the deepest point is only 22 feet deep. Oh, that's it? That's it. And it has clear water, so you can see about 10 feet down, too. Is that so. a lake, or is that just a little It's a pond? small little <laughs> pond. Yeah, it's not very big. Yeah, I've seen the... Uh, I think they're stretching on the word lake. <laughs> yeah. I've seen the geographical. Yeah. Like on Google. It's not that big. And I also want to see some pictures on it too. Yeah. It's it's a nice little lake though. It's like when we were going down south on our camping trip when we seen this one lake and I was like, oh, I always thought that was just a swampy. Yeah. Pool. It's a little bit bigger <laughs> than that one. It's <laughs> just a swamp. Yeah. That's Hush Lake. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, all these years I thought it was just a little swamp. <laughs> yeah. After they searched around the lake. Then they expanded about 50 kilometers in every direction, and all efforts would come to more dead ends. It's like she vanished without a trace. She's out there somewhere. Yeah. So 
obviously living in the area, there are still bumper stickers on every, like tons of cars and trucks. Yeah, we were talking about that. Yeah. There's large signs in the Vandroof area, like we said earlier. Yeah. There's such a big amount of support. There's a lot of attention. friends and family. They want to bring her home. Yeah, there's a lot of attention that's been drawn onto this, even to this day. Yeah. So as of right now, there's a $100,000 reward for any information that would lead to an arrest to whoever took Maddie. And every year on May 28th, they hold a poker ride to raise awareness and keep her name in the public mind. So now we are going to get into the theories around the case. And believe me, there are many. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're going to start with the least. I already have a few. Sorry. Yeah. We'll probably touch those, but there's probably one or two here you've never heard before. Probably not. We are going to start with the least likely in my mind. Okay. The fact that she may have ran away, but uh, her vehicle's still there. So I really find that highly unlikely. I don't think she ran away. She has a loving family. She was texting her dad. Yeah. Everything was great. She was partying. She was like the the life of the party. She was everyone's friend. Why would she run away? She wouldn't. Yeah. If you're going to run away, why not take your truck? Yeah. <laughs> she did not run away. Yeah. So I find that pretty unlikely. Yeah. And there's also a report that there was an animal attack since there was a large cougar in the area. Okay. But if the cougar got her- They would have found- From the tent. They would have been blood in the tent. There would have been a trail. They would have found blood somewhere around- Yeah, drag marks or um, whatever. At the body. Yep. Exactly. So I find that really unlikely too. Yeah. The obvious one is that people say that she's in the lake. But like I said earlier, the divers scoured all of it mm-hmm. and there was nothing in the lake and they searched around it with the cadaver dogs and they found nothing. Right. And the lake's not that big. It's more like a little pond. So I don't think that they missed anything in the lake. No, I think she's not in that area. So I'm, I'm pretty like confident saying that she's not in that little area. She's not. No, I don't think that she's anywhere near um, the lake. Before we go on, I'm just going to add some points. Okay. Before we get to the rest of the theories. Okay. RCMP believed foul play was involved, but with no struggle and the fact that she managed to collect her iPhone and keys says a lot. And it tells me that she left on her own free will. Right. So she knows the person that took her. Yes. There is no evidence that she left on foot. So she probably left in a vehicle. Right. And that's what I'm thinking. That's why she didn't take her purse because somebody's like, oh, don't worry about it. You could just leave your purse. If we have to go buy something, I'll, yeah, I'll buy it. Exactly. With that being said, let's get into her romantic life just a bit okay. and see if there's any leads there. What was his name again? Her boyfriend. She didn't have a boyfriend. Oh, wait, that was Jordy. Yes. There was a guy that Maddie was interested in, but he stated he just wanted to be friends. So she liked him, but he wanted to be friends. Then there was another guy who was interested in Maddie, but she did not feel the same way because she probably just liked the other guy. Right. It could have been jealousy and he could have convinced her to go with him. The guy that, uh, who liked Maddie. Yeah. There's a few little things there. And then. Pretty shitty to go and kill someone just because they want to friend zone you. It happens a ton of times. So stupid. Here's the easy answer that the majority of people suspect. Jordy Bullduck knows more than she's saying. Mm-hmm. Could she have had a hand with her disappearance? If she did, was it a two person job because she was with her new boyfriend, Tyler? Jordy did take numerous polygraph tests and passed all of them. So there is no public knowledge of how much Tyler knows. I kind of wish that they would make it public because I would really like the answer to I, some of these questions. Right. Like one main one is, did Jordy stay with you overnight, you know, with Tyler? 
did Tyler sort of have a crush on Maddie and Jordy wanted to kill Maddie because of her jealousy? Well, I'm just lots of, spitballing. Lots of things that could, um, she have dropped, could Tyler have dropped Jordy off at home? They go back out there. Did Jordy and Tyler stay the night together? Like, I don't know. I didn't see anything about that. Mm-hmm. Like who has an alibi here? Were they together or did they, or did they take Maddie together? I don't know. My mind's going crazy. It was right crazy, now. right? I wish they would have made this information a little more public because mm-hmm. I kind of want to know if Tyler just dropped Jordy off and went back or or what. Because there's not much into Tyler right now. So I don't think they cleared up really fast or what. I don't know. Maybe they just really didn't think he had anything to do with it. Yeah. But sometimes those are the people that did. Yeah. And everyone should have been a prime suspect in this case. Yeah. Another question I asked too is what was the attitude between Jordy and Maddie when they went their separate ways? Mm-hmm. After the fight, and uh, Maddie didn't want to go with them. Was she angry? Like, I just want to know what the attitude was like. I don't know. Could be. Caddy girls, yeah, right? And, and also, too, did Jordy say anything to Tyler on the ride home about Maddie? Like, these are all questions I would really like to know. And then it might make me lean towards one way or another about this. So far, I'm leaning towards one way. Which way is that? I think Jordy. Oh, wait. Save it for the end. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> The next theory, like I wanted you to hear all the theories before okay. you make your assumption. Okay. Because you don't really know too much about this case, but I think this one right here, I don't know I if you know sure much about this. I wasn't sure that you were this. done or not. Okay. So the next theory mm-hmm. had a little traction and it started with Fribjohn Bjornsson. I never even heard of this name. Exactly. And this started after Jordy was interviewed by the TV show 48 Hours. They made a big documentary about Maddie's disappearance mm-hmm. and 48 Hours covered it. Jordy stated that Maddie and Frib John, I'm just going to call him Frib, I think, from now on. Frib? Yeah, Frib John. Fribby. I, I think his nickname was Frib, because okay. I think other people had problems with his name, too. Frib John. Frib John, yeah. John, yeah. yeah. Okay. So Jordy stated that Maddie and Frib were involved and that he had, uh, and he was bad news. They both played for the same softball team. Frib had stated that he knew what happened to Maddie. He led a troubled life and he abused drugs. Okay. Yeah, the talk around the town was that Frib owed drug dealers money and that they abducted Maddie to teach him a lesson because they were kind of like together, like they're kind of were like seeing each other in a way and he was bad news. But that's what Jordy says. So we don't really know for sure if they were or not. See, the problem I have with that is, okay, they're trying to teach him a lesson by taking Maddie. What good is killing Maddie? Because now... What are they going to do? They took somebody that he cared about and killed her. Now they have nothing to use against him. There's no leverage. Right. So the police have to follow every lead in this case. And they have considered him a suspect. So he voluntarily took a lie detector and he passed. He wanted to clear his name and wanted the community to know they had no involvement in this. So two days after the polygraph test, Frib disappeared. And two weeks later, investigators made a horrific discovery. They found his severed head <gasps> in an abandoned house in a nearby town of Fort St. James. Oh, and my God. If you remember our case on Cody Legibokov, we talked about Fort St. James. Yeah. This was the highway between Van Hoof and Fort St. James where Cody was caught coming right. out of that uh, side road. Right. To this day, Holy they have crap. never. Sorry. That's pretty big, eh? Yeah, you just. Dropped curf- a, yeah, you yeah, curveballed. You had dropped a bomb on you. <laughs> oh, my God. That's insane. Yeah. So to this day, they have never recovered his body, and Fribb's mother believes her son was killed for a paycheck that he just cashed the night he went missing. 
Um, he was a logging truck driver in this and in this area, like northern British Columbia, logging truck drivers make a lot of money. Like work was good. The paycheck was about twenty five hundred dollars. That's take home. It's pretty good uh, paycheck. Per take home, yeah. Yeah. So four suspects were apprehended for his murder, but no connection to the disappearance of Maddie. Fribb left two children behind, and it led to another dead end in Maddie's disappearance. I'm just trying to think here. So could it be that they realized that they got rid of the leverage and they killed him? Because knowing, like, may as well just take this 2500 Yeah, and you know what? Or, I'm just... Spitballing. Spitballing here. Or maybe... He actually had nothing to do with this, and this was just a coincidence. A coincidence, yeah. Like, and the people that took, like, who killed him, are not scared to kill somebody because they severed his head. Like, and they who, didn't find yeah, his who body either. Does right? that besides that guy in the Greyhound bus, yeah. right? I did hear some stuff online, but I couldn't really co- like corroborate it. But I heard that they found some bones of Fribs over by uh, a dam or something like that, but. I couldn't really confirm it, so I did. I kind of just left it up, but I'm just saying it could be it could be him. Huh. Okay, so the next theory is a little bit out there, but it also ha- carries a little weight. So we've all heard the serial killer Israel Keys. Have you heard of him? <laughs> he was the guy that left the murder kits all, all across the United States and stuff. I, I know about this because you told me about Israel Keys, but I didn't know beforehand. Yes. Remember so, who you're talking to. So he traveled a lot. Like all over. So there's no reason why he wouldn't come by British Columbia in between the states and Alaska. Mm-hmm. Hogsback Lake is about 33 hour drive from Anchorage, Alaska, where he's based out of. And just a few days after Maddie went missing, Israel took a plane to Chicago from Anchorage and then rented a car and drove like a thousand miles to Vermont to find a victim. What's a thousand miles in kilometers? Oh, 1500. Okay. I have no idea. I don't know miles. It's a guess. <laughs> this would have been completely out of the way and a huge inconvenience for him. This would make this theory less possible mm-hmm. because it was two days later, right. right? Unless he took a plane and, I mean, killed somebody, flew out of Prince George maybe. I don't know. So why did they speculate maybe he was part of because it? Because this is kind of his MO. Oh, okay. So I gotcha. people wanted to say it was him, but I really don't think it was. Yeah, I, I'm kind of throwing that one away so yeah. far. I mean, he could have put a murder kit at that lake for all I know. Could have. So he would have been still out there, right? Murder kits? Yeah, probably. There's probably a bunch out there for sure. And also, too, he would have been really out of place at a party with like young adults, like 18, 19 year olds when he Mm -hmm. was kind of near his 30s or something like that, or he was older for sure. There's some sick fucks. So I don't think he would have risked being like seen by these people because he would have been completely out of his element. Yeah. I really just don't see him being the, the. the criminal. No, I, I think he'd rather like get people in their homes where they're sleeping mm. as opposed to at a lake with a party, you know? It's too many people to see you. Yeah. And especially when people don't know you. So you kind of stand out that way, even with the different age, but you, you just stand out because everyone knows each other. Like it's a big party, right? Yeah. Um, Small town. People know everyone. That's like me right now. I go to a pit party and be like, hey guys, uh, yeah. <laughs> have like a backwards hat. Yeah. Like- <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, you went there? <laughs> yeah, I went there. Okay. So if you listen to our first episode of Cody Ledger Blockoff, we briefly talked about the Highway of Tears. Mm-hmm. And I do believe I'm going to probably be covering that one pretty soon. It's a stretch That's, of highway. Oh, I, I'm, I really want to hear about that one. Yeah. 
So if you don't know, it's a stretch of highway between Prince George and Prince Rupert, where at least 18 women have gone missing or murdered. Maddie's parents have tried really hard to keep her name off that list. For reasons that are unknown, but uh, in the Vanderhoof area, two women went missing on this highway over the years. I bet you Maddie's parents want to keep her off this list because a lot of these women were Indigenous and I think some were night women. Yeah, we'll call them night women. So I think they just wanted to protect their daughter. Also, too, but I think hmm. they all went unsolved. They did. So I think they would keep her off because they want to solve this case. Good point. And putting that in a group of people like that, it will get kind of pushed to the bottom. Yeah. So now she's her individual person. They'll search for her individually. Yeah. You put her in a group, big group of people, mm-hmm. then it just gets thrown in on the pile, right? That would be my thinking. I think your thinking's probably better than mine. <laughs> but what do I know? Okay. Go on. So the circumstances of all these disappearances are very similar, but I find it hard to believe that an unknown person drove to a party to abduct Maddie with no signs of a struggle. And all I've seen, she looks like she left on her own accord. But I don't believe that that theory either carries weight either. Okay. Because why would she, when she was in her tent and did not want to go with her best friend, Mm -hmm. why would she go with somebody else? Unless it was the guy she had a crush on. But why would she go with him? She didn't want to go with her best friend. Why would she go with him? Because maybe she had a crush on him and he, she thought she had a chance with him. She just went. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. So many, that's why there's so many like theories about this. Nobody knows because there was no struggle. Did they do a test on the guy that she had a crush on? I think so. I think I, I think he was probably polygraphed at one point. Okay. Everybody was apparently. Was he there though? I don't think so. I don't think he was there. So maybe they didn't do a polygraph on him. I don't know. I don't, I don't see anything about it. So it's not anywhere I saw. I don't so know. What, I don't know. And there's so many questions in this case. That's what I mean. There's so many questions and so little answers. Mm-hmm. I just want the parents to find out what happened to their, their daughter. Oh, me too. The last theory we're going to go over is that there was an accident. So there was a lot of drinking and fighting at this party. Could something have happened accidentally? There are no signs of this, but it has to be talked about because nobody knows what happened. So no stone which left unturned. Right. Personally, of all these theories that have been presented into Maddie's disappearance, the one I subscribe to the most, I think Jordy knows more than she's saying. Damn right she does. If I went to a campsite with my friend, my best friend or something, and I end up leaving and showing up the next morning and my friend was nowhere to be seen, I would have been so worried. I would have called the police immediately. That's why we're in a relationship because you're kind of my, you're, <laughs> you're, my, you're my peeps, man. Yeah. And uh, like, I would not just go about my day like nothing happened. Oh, hell no. I'd be out there and I'd be like freaking out and I'd be going, I'd be like flipping over every tent. And I would have contacted her parents saying, has she come home? Because we can't find her. Yeah. I don't know what her mindset was, but I think she has more information than she's saying. Also, when she was administered the polygraph and saying to friends that she quote unquote aced it, I mean, I would have never said aced it in that fashion i would have said where's maddie like i I did nothing wrong so i knew i was gonna pass this damn right it just doesn't add up for me and i think she knows more i think she knows the whole story what do you think what's what do you subscribe to? i actually think that jordy is the guilty party and she had killed madison i don't know if she killed her but i i think Okay, it's I have two things that's going through my mind. 
either she got Madison into the vehicle and got her boyfriend to murder Madison. Like they went for a drive and got rid of her body somewhere far away because they knew that they were going to like look throughout the, the region, right? Or there was something with the guy that she had a crush on. But I'm not really leaning so much to that one. I'm just, I think that Jordy is the guilty party, especially when she said, I aced it. Like that to me screams guilt. I think she knows something. I don't know if she like did anything, but she knows something. I don't know. Could she have said that she left Maddie there, but actually Maddie went with them? Because nobody's seen Maddie afterwards. Nobody's seen her. Yeah. So I don't know. There's so many questions I have. And there's no answers. And we've had no answers to this day. Like we're at 11, what is it? We're at 11 years right now. Yeah. 2011, this happened. Yeah. So, well, you have your theory that she knows something. I have a theory that, yeah, she knows something because she did something. Yep. Um, She might not have been the actual person who killed her, but she was there when she died. Yep. So if anybody knows something, you could call 1-800-222-8477. That is an anonymous tip line to Crab Stoppers or 250-567-2222. And that's to the RCMP Vanderhoof if you have any info to the whereabouts of Maddie. And there's also a Facebook page to help find Madison Scott, which has over 8,000 people. And always use the hashtag FindMaddie. Mm-hmm. So Don Scott is extremely active on Facebook and she needs all of her help to bring her home and find answers. Dawn has quoted in saying, she's a wonderful, messy, creative, loving aunt, sister-in-law, and she is missing. And that is the message I want to get across. She's missing and we have to find her. Yeah, we do. Dawn Scott believes that Maddie is still alive and has a reoccurring image that she is still with us. And I hope she is right. With no signs that she is not alive, I think that she, I would feel the same too. I seriously hope that she is. And uh, is either released or escapes if she's held against her will. We live in an area with country roads and isolated houses where anything could be possible. I hope we get the answers to Maddie's disappearance so all their hearts can heal. Absolutely. I joined the Facebook page personally. And I did too. It is very active. Like there's posts almost Her mother is always posting. So that that's... It tears my heart to mm-hmm. have to see this because we need to find her. Dawn's not going to give up. She no. wants her daughter back. No. And that, you know what? There's no signs that saying she isn't alive. So I would feel the same way too. I hope she is alive. Me too. I hope she's being held against her will and she escapes mm-hmm. or they let her go. And if she is gone, I hope that her parents get the answers, find out what happened. They need closure. Get, get the body back. Yeah. Yeah, they need closure. As a parent, I just, I would have a hard time living knowing that my my daughter died and I know nothing about it. And I, there's nothing I could do to save her. I'm just having a hard time right now. I know, it's a hard case. It is. She's such a young, young girl. and It just, it breaks my heart. So guys, uh, on the Harold Chipman case early this week, we, uh, didn't have a word so just please review us and send us a screenshot through our email at worldstreetcrime at hotmail.com yeah and we'll get you a draw for a sticker and a shout out you bet denise is having a hard time right now yeah I she's am. her eyes are I, a little I'm watering just, i'm just thinking about my own daughter and to go through this yes so that was our first episode of world's shocking stories 
Sorry, I'm like on shutdown. <laughs> yeah, she's on <laughs> shutdown mode right now. So you guys know where to find us at Instagram at World's True Crime, mm-hmm. uh, Twitter, and uh, Facebook. Not so much. Not so much. <laughs> not so many people are on there, but yeah, Instagram really good. Send us an email at World's True Crime, and if you want a story that uh, you know is not true crime, is a little more of the strange or something, uh, send it to me, and I'll, I'll probably try to cover it. Oddball stories, yeah, and stuff like that, yeah. Or if you have a disappearance in your town, mm-hmm. you, you want us to cover, then let me know. You bet. We'll try. We will. So this is going to do it for us. So uh, just remember, everyone, the world's not always as it seems. No, it's not. Bye, everyone. Bye.